What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Kingdom and another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? How you doing, man? What's up, Duke? Thanksgiving week, baby. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of great stuff to go over. Uh, before we start, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at TSK Show. And if you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash TSK show. Like Tyler just said, just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Um, also, this is our 10th episode. So thank you for sticking with us this entire time, supporting us. Yeah. Um, we appreciate everything. If anybody has any suggestions, comments, concerns, Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at TSK Show, at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler's underscore world underscore. Uh, coming up a little later in the show, in the theme of Thanksgiving, uh, we both decided to make a bracket of Thanksgiving food. Uh, we will compare the two brackets and decide what we think the best Thanksgiving food is. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because of the food. I'm a fat boy at heart, I love eating. Nothing's better than Thanksgiving I could eat Thanksgiving food. dinner every day. Every day of the week. Every day. It's so good. Um, also, we'll talk about everything going on in the NBA, like the Celtics winning streak, uh, the Cavs winning seven of their last nine games, and I also have a, a guessing game that I want to play with Tyler uh, now that we're about a month into the season. I, I want to see what Tyler, what Tyler knows. Yeah, I'll see what I know. But first, let's start in the NFL. Uh, and Tyler's NFL Power Rankings presented by the Cup Barbershop. Tyler, what you got for us, man? Yeah, some interesting uh, games up at the top with all my teams playing yeah. each other. So it kind of shuffled all my teams around. Um, so I'm going to start, dive right in with uh, Kansas City at number 10, coming off a terrible loss against the Giants. It's crazy to think that they've dropped all the way to 10. I mean, I'm surprised you still have them in. They lost to the Giants. Yeah, I'm. I'm not ready to give up on Kansas City. That that was they scored a, that nine a, points. Yeah, that was a really bad loss. Really bad loss. But maybe that's what they needed. Um, I think Andy Reid will write the ship. I believe in Andy Reid, and I and I think they'll still. They're lucky that the division's been bad this year. The Chargers so. have a chance to win the division now. Oh yeah, yeah. That that division. That all fighters. They can all play football in that division. Anybody can win it. But I think they're going to win it. They got a two-game lead. They're they're going to be all right. I still think they make the playoffs. So, um, and at the end of the day, I just think they're a top ten football team. Um, uh, coming in at number nine, uh, one of my favorite teams in the NFL, Saxonville. Yep. Uh, you know, not much to say here. They're first in just about every single defensive category. They're they're allowing the fewest amount of points, fewest amount of total yards, passing yards. They got the most sacks. They got forty sacks already. Now. It was a pretty lackluster performance on the offensive end. Yeah, no, and that's why they're number nine. Yeah, I mean, the, okay. There's some teams that yeah. I think uh, a lot of people, Jacksonville would be higher on their list, but that's why I can't really put them higher than like an eight or a nine right now. I got them at nine because, you know, at the, at the, I, I like them. I love the way they're playing this season, but at the end of the day, I don't know if they're winning a playoff game yeah. because their offense is so uh, 
lackluster. And coming at number eight, I got Seattle, who could easily be out of the top ten. You know, I'm I'm very impressed with how they played. Yeah, on Monday Night Football. I'm not worried about the Seahawks in the slightest. Uh, Blair Walsh, I think, deserves to lose his job now. Yeah, I, he I'm needs normally to go. not. He needs I'm to normally go. not quick to jump on like blaming kickers, but that's two games now that I think he's had a huge, um, huge play in for the loss. And what did you think about the fake field goal? I, I, I'm okay with it because I understood what what uh, you know what the coaches thought where they were at in the game. Uh-huh. It was a good place to take a shot. They weren't. I, yeah. You know, I mean, the guy Pete, just blew up the play. Yeah, Pete Carroll said after the game, it's like, if it works, it's a good play. Exactly, and so many times it does work for Seattle. So I yeah. got to take that one. Um, they're still 6-4. and four. I mean, they're, still, they're playing San Francisco next week that they're probably going to win. So at the end of the at – the, you know, and I'm not trying to count wins before they happen, but it's like – then you're sitting at 7-4. But you can pretty four. much pencil that in as a win. Yeah, you know, they're, they're still in it. They're still – they still got to uh, – they control their own destiny. They got – They, they really play. do. They're 3-0 and o in the NFC West. They play all three teams again. You know, luckily they play the Rams at home. That should help. But yeah. You know, everyone thinks that Seattle's done because of the injuries and whatnot. But even with that front seven and Russell, that's enough to hang your hat on and uh, make it to the playoffs. So I still got Seattle at six and four um, at number eight. Uh, moving at number seven, I got the team that just beat them, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I've I've hung them in my top ten even when they're yeah. you know because they're that they're that good of a football team. They went up to Seattle and they beat us. Um, well, and the the offense also did what it was supposed to do against. Uh, an injury-riddled Seattle defense. Yeah, exactly. They took care of business, and, yeah. and the wide receivers uh, played really well. Um, and, you know, I just think Atlanta's a, a really good football team, even though they, they had some struggles early uh, early on. Um, I think they're going to end up making the playoffs over Carolina. I think New Orleans and uh, Atlanta both come out of that division. Real quick before you continue, I just want to say something about Russell Wilson and my fantasy mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. Going into Monday Night Football, I was up by, like, 30 point, I want to say, 7. I was up by 30.7. The guy I was playing had Russell Wilson. I had Tevin Coleman. It's a favorable matchup for you, but Russell probably did the damn thing. I lost by point three. Point three. Yep. Uh, 107.7 to 107.4. Russell's super impressive this year. I mean, they've been uh, Seattle's been in every single game because of him. Yeah, it's been a it's been a super anxious season. Every game, I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen. Are we going to have that game that sends us in the right direction? Are we going to have that game that sends us in the wrong direction? But we keep fighting. They keep we keep having close games, and we want enough to stay afloat. So yeah. I'm not too worried yet, and uh, Atlanta's a good football team. I think they're making the playoffs as well. So, uh, moving on to number six, the team taking an L, um, the the Rams. Um, they yeah. lost. That was a great. That was the game I wanted to watch. They only scored seven points against Minnesota. They they scored on the opening drive, and then it just kind of it just didn't work for them. They just couldn't get it. They just couldn't get it done. Yeah, that's and that's and it's too bad because honestly, that was a big. That's a big time measuring stick for you know these are the defenses they're going to play in the playoffs. Yeah, hundred so, percent. Um, if you if you're going to win a game in the playoffs, you got to be able to beat Case Keenum and a great defense. Yeah. Case Keenum's playing out of his mind, um, and they're, that defense is great. But you got to be if you want to win a if you want to win some playoff games, you got to be able to beat Minnesota. There was one play in that game where 
Case Keenum got touched by three different Rams defenders to avoid the sack and then hit either Thielen or Diggs for a bomb. And I was just – when I saw that play, I was like, they're just not going to be able to get it done today. Yeah. Um, Minnesota – yeah, no. They, and it was just a great matchup too. And that's yeah. why I thought it was going to be game it of the was, week. I mean, a great offense versus a great defense. It's just Minnesota came out and won the game. I didn't think they were going to win, and they did. My per- – my- I think the perfect analogy for that game between those two teams was a 12-round heavyweight fight, and the knockout came in the 12th round. Yeah, no, definitely. They, it, it was a fight, and uh, it said a lot about both teams. Both of those teams had to see where they're at as far as where they hang their hat, which is offense and defense um, for you know each team. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota came out on top, and they're my number five team uh, moving up the Makes list. Makes perfect uh, sense. You know, how the highest-scoring offense in the NFL to seven points. Um, yeah, that's – I think Case Keenum is 8-2 and two as a starter. I think he deserves to be the starter throughout the season. Yeah, um, I don't I think don't, they should I don't bring... see him p- being able to play his way out of that job at that point. Yeah, I don't I don't think they need to bring Teddy in. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if the uh, – you know, there's still a lot of games to be played. See if Detroit can press him for the division. Uh, you never know. I like Detroit moving up the ladder. Um, but moving on to number four, we got, you know, arguably the hottest team in the NFL coming off eight game win streak, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Beat uh, Washington. You know, they're the only team in NFL history to start 0 and 2 and be 8 and 2 after 10 games. Did you know that that was the first time the Saints had come back in the second half from being down 14 points in Saints history? That's crazy. But no, I did not know that. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. That's uh, that that doesn't seem right, especially with Drew Brees. You'd think that there'd be you would think there'd be something, but it really is there. You know, it's because they have a running game, and it's because they have a great defense. That's why this team's great. You know, Drew Brees is always going to make the right play for exactly. you every single play, and you know his the way Drew Brees is passing his passing percentage over seventy percent. I don't think people understand if you were if the common person were to go out and throw the passes that Drew Brees does against no defense against air. They would not pass for the same no. completion percentage that he does against no. the live defense, and he throws balls away constantly to get away from sacks. Um, I'm just a huge Drew Brees fan. He's playing great. I'm glad the Saints are good because he's got a running game and a defense to support him. Yeah, I think I think the best part about that Saints team is forget the fact that their running game has turned into what it has. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback behind them, and yeah. that's always going to give them a shot. Yeah, they got they got arguably you know one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So. Um, I'm excited to keep watching the Saints roll. Eight-game win streak. Keep it going. Um, coming in at number three, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a huge win on Thursday night against the Titans. Um, did exactly what I thought they were going to do. Brown had three touchdowns. Big Ben had four. Big Ben gave me 29 points in fantasy, and I thought I was golden. I think he was the highest-scoring fantasy quarterback. No. Oh, Russ. Russell. Was. Yeah, that's I, right. Monday night. <laughs> I literally, funny. I literally, right before the, the Seahawks started that comeback, Yeah. I went and checked through every single matchup, and I was like, oh, okay. Ben scored the highest, and Russell's – he was at like 13 at that point because he had just thrown the interception. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And then I also, yeah. ha- I also had the Chargers – I picked up the Chargers defense who gave me 22 points. Russell's the magic man. He's the magic man. I love watching him play. It's, it's, it stresses me the fuck out, but – yeah. It, hey, you know he put he put a kicker, an NFL kicker. I think should be able to hit a fifty-one yarder, plain and simple. So he did what he needed to do. Goskowski hit a sixty-two yarder. 
Yeah, fuck, I'm over it. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Number two, um, uh, Philly, you know, go birds. Um, Eight-game win streak, just like the Saints, uh, t- you know, two best win streaks in the NFL. Uh, got 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 a smash against Dallas, which is like big huge time for them. Game. Huge yeah, statement game. That's you know they were these, saying they these, were saying Cowboys players gave up. Yeah, these are step. Bro- Yo, I mean they only had uh, they only had seven points at halftime. They yeah. scored 30, 30 unanswered points in the second half. It's just like obviously something something's going on in Dallas that you know they're they're ready for they're they're just a mess right now. No Zeke, no Sean Lee, and Jerry no Jones Tyron suing Smith. the NFL, yeah, all of that. So it's not uh, not good for Dallas right now, and Philly Philly had their day nine and one crushing it. Yeah, um, it's looking more and more like it really is going to have to go through Philadelphia, which is going to be a tough travel for anyone um, in December to go to Philadelphia and play yeah. the Eagles right now. Um, and then number one, the Patriots, of course, where they belong, eight and two, coming off a win against Oakland. Here's here's my here's my thing for Brady this week. Oh no. Brady now has passed for 300 yards in the USA, Mexico, and England. <laughs> what is more Tom Brady than that? I mean, he's passed for over 300 yards in both the games he played in London. Plays in Mexico City against the, the Raiders, gets 300 passing yards, and obviously he's done it in America multiple times. The multiple times? It, well, three, in America, yeah. 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 Uh, Multiples. And... and uh, you know, Tom Brady's the greatest American to ever live. He's he's wow. beating he's beaten every single team. Um and that's beside the point. I mean <laughs> New England's just the team to beat. Like I always say, every single week they're number one. They're the measuring stick to everybody. Yeah. Brady's locked in, he looks as good as ever at forty and the uh, defense is looking a hell of a lot better even with the injuries. Yeah, and for the most part their their offense, I mean, yeah, Julian Edelman's out, but their offense is healthy. I mean, they're ready to roll. They got yeah. all the pieces they need. Yeah. So and, um Martellus yeah. Bennett came back. That's what, yeah, I mean they got they got four running three or four running backs they like. They got a couple tight ends. They got they got decent receivers with, you know, Cooks, Led by Cooks and yeah. Amendola and all those guys. So they're they're number 1. They're ready to go. So yeah, uh goes New England at number 1 followed by the Eagles, the Steelers, Saints, Vikings, Rams, Falcons, the Seahawks, the Jaguars and the Chiefs. All right, so that wraps up Tyler's NFL Power Rankings presented by the Cup Barbershop. Now for uh, week 11, we're going to move into the picks of the week. Tough week last week for me. Oh, really? Yeah, eight and six. Wow. Okay. So last week, I said I went 11 and three, but I didn't have my overall record on hand. But uh, I said I was going to update it as soon as I got home. Completely forgot. My apologies. I'm updating you now. Uh, as of last week, I was seventy-one and forty-seven. What did you go this week? You said eight and six. Eight and six. This week I went eleven and three. Yeah, God. So that's eleven and three back-to-back weeks. That brings my total to eighty-two and fifty. Yeah, you're creeping up on me. I'm, I'm eighty-five and forty-four. So there you go. Only yeah, a couple of games behind you. Yep. Um. So Thursday. Turkey Day, Thanksgiving. Got a triple header. Nothing better than football on Thanksgiving. No, no, this is awesome. I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, thing about it, we got we got we got food, we got football, we got a bunch of people you love coming over. It's, yep. it's all good. Can't forget the booze. Yeah, no, I I never forget the booze, Eric. Thanks <laughs> for bringing it up. <laughs> uh, so Thursday, the morning game, 
Uh, we got the Minnesota Vikings coming in at eight and two, traveling to Detroit. The Detroit Lions playing on Thanksgiving, like always, mm-hmm. uh, coming in at six and four. The line for this is Minnesota minus three. Yeah, you know this is it's too bad. I, I'm kind of happy that this is going to be the best game because it's early, so it'll be done before I'm sleepy and nap time. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll I'll gladly sleep for the Giants and the Redskins. <laughs> Um, but uh, I think Detroit's winning this game. So do I. Yeah, at so home, do I. good offense. Minnesota just was just tested. I mean, Minnesota yeah. just played the Rams on Sunday. Now Thursday they got to play Detroit. Um, that's a tough. That's a tough bounce back for them. So I think I like I like Detroit at home, and that's a big game because you it's know, a you, huge game for the Lions a, if they you, win. You essentially jump almost you know a game and a half on them. Yeah, uh, with a win against your divisional opponent like that. Yeah, then. Uh, the middle game, we got the L.A. Chargers coming off that victory over the Bills. I don't know. Shout what, out Carson. I don't know. I don't know what the hell the Bills were doing. Man, Carson just laid the smackdown <laughs> in Carson. It yeah. was great. Um, so Chargers coming in at four and six. They're traveling to Dallas. Dallas coming in at five and five. The line for this: Chargers minus one. Yeah, I'm, I got I got Carson win this game. So do I. Yeah, I like it. They're they're on the upswing. Like I said, Dallas is not is a mess right now. The Chargers have a chance to win the division. The, Kansas City's taking a step back. Oakland wasn't isn't what they were supposed to be, and that whole division. Yeah, that, that, that I mean the whole that whole and then the Broncos. division is not really where I thought they'd be at, at at this point of the season. Even Carson. I mean, I I think. I think the Chargers are, are a 500 football team. I mean, they they have players, and I love Phillip Rivers. I think he has just as good of ability as anybody. So Well, and just think about all those three straight games to start the season where they lost by, like, three or less points. Yeah, I mean, the first two games they lost on field goal, missed field goals. Yeah. First two. So, it's you know, they could be over 500. Yeah. So, yeah, I like Carson in this one. So do I. So, uh, next for the night game, we got uh, New York Giants coming in at 2-8. and eight. And the Washington Redskins coming in at four and six. Washington minus seven and a half. The only person I really liked on Washington went down, Chris Thompson. Yeah. God, this game is horrible. I mean, I think DC is going to win at home. So do I. I think the Redskins are going to win too. Although this is, I th- although I think the Giants are going to come out and play them really well because it's a divisional opponent and DC is kind of banged up. So yeah. Plus, Thanksgiving, nobody wants to embarrass themselves on yeah, national TV. Yeah, everybody's watching. It's the night game. It's going to be a big deal. But yeah. Washington's going to win it. Yeah, well, no. I think Washington's going to win, too. Yeah. Uh, so, then, Sunday, we got uh, the New Orleans Saints coming in at 8-2, and two, traveling to L.A. to come in, uh, come in and take the Rams, 7-3. and three. R- The line for this game is the Rams, minus 2.5. Man, if if the Rams would have beat Minnesota, this game would have been hyped. I mean, it still no, is. This game is still very hyped. I mean, it still is, but the the I mean, I hopefully it turns into the game that everybody wants it to be in a high-scoring shootout. It like you said about the Vikings playing the Rams, this is another measuring stick for the Rams after playing the Vikings and now going to the Saints. Yeah, absolutely different, completely different. So, I mean, I have the Rams winning this game. They're at home, coming off a loss. Every time this Rams team has faced adversity, they found a way to overcome it. Yeah. I, li- I like the Rams in this game, too, purely. I mean, 
I don't think New Orleans can just win out the rest of the season. So yeah, no, I don't. I don't. They're think gonna the have to come back either. to Earth game eventually, and LA at home. It's a good matchup. Yeah. Next, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in at four and six, traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, coming in at six and four. The line for this is Atlanta minus nine and a half. Yeah, I think Atlanta wins by double digits. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially if Jameis yeah. isn't playing. Yeah, I mean, even even without Devontae Freeman, I like the Falcons' offense is just crushing. Yeah, so. I mean, Tevin Coleman got a touchdown very quickly in, on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and that Ward kid ran hard too. So they're they're stacked. They're ready to go. They're gonna uh, Tampa Bay team without Jameis and Mike Evans. So it's not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, next, we got the Battle of Ohio. We got the Cleveland Browns coming in at 0 and 10, traveling to Cincinnati, uh, coming in at 4 and 6. Line for this is Cincinnati minus eight and a half. Yeah, I like Cincinnati by 10, probably. I mean, I wish I wish the Browns would get a win against against this team, but I just don't see it happening. Upset of the week. Yeah, I got the Browns getting their first win. I mean, this could be a this could definitely be a you know a divisional game in Ohio. They're this not is the Battle of Ohio. Yeah. Cleveland is not going to lose this. Hey, Ohio State. Ohio is a great state of football, so they got a lot to battle for. Yeah. Real quick, did you see that graphic on the forty-seven different things that need to happen for the Cleveland Browns to make it into the playoffs? This year? Yes. Oh, if, if it's mathematically possible? Yes. Right now it is mathematically possible. If these, it, It's like a list of 47 different things happen. A, they have to win out. I saw on the list there were like a couple couple of these games over the next couple of weeks need to end in a tie. Uh, and okay. That, and yeah, that's funny. Yeah. No, I just, they're, they're, ESPN had a whole graphic about it. I just thought it was really funny that it was 47 – things that need to happen for the Browns to make it into the playoffs because it's still mathematically possible. Oh, God. Yeah, no, the Browns are terrible. They got a couple years before they're even thinking about the playoffs. Oh, for sure. But they're going to think about their first victory this weekend. That's not bad. I'm I'm rooting for them. I just think Cincy's going to pull it out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Next, we got another divisional matchup. We got the Tennessee Titans uh, coming in at 6-4, and traveling to Indy to take on the Colts, coming in at 3-7. and Line for this is Tennessee minus three and a half. Hey, I'm going to follow up your upset with my upset of the week. I like Indy this week at home against Tennessee. Am I shocked that you're supporting Stephen Willie Beeman right hey, now? No. Hey, I, no, Willie Beeman's playing. I, I like him. And, and I'm not a big fan of Tennessee, even though they're playing really well right now. Although they got smacked by uh, Pittsburgh. They're coming off that kind of mini bye Thursday to next yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So um, it'll be a good game. But I like. I, I'm going for with Willie Beeman and the Colts this week. All right. Well, I got Tennessee winning this game, hey, so we'll see. That's well, let's how you can let's pull see what the wins. Let, yeah, let's see what Mariota Mariota can do. Next, we got uh, the Buffalo Bills and whatever the heck they got going on at quarterback situation. Coming in at five and five, traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs at six and four. The line for this is Kansas City minus ten. Yeah, Kansas City's going to crush. I don't know what happened to Buffalo. <laughs> But I mean, Buffalo. Buffalo is fine. They're they're still technically in the in the wild card hunt, and they go and do something like that. It's just it was baffling. There's got to be some sort. Of, there's got to be some information missing or something like that. That's just I don't understand. I can't believe you could bench someone like Tyrod even after a you know not a great game. Yeah, you don't bench Tyrod and yeah. a playoff team like that, and then 
Yeah. And, and it sucks for Peterman. I mean, he wasn't ready. He shouldn't and, have had to go out there and just be fed to the wolves. He, His confidence is shot for the next year. Dude, I don't know if you can ever bounce back. Like, he's a punchline now. He's a joke. Literally. You know? Like, it's terrible. Shout out uh, Matt Money Smith, radio play-by-play announcer for the uh, Chargers. Also host of the Petros and Money Show on AM570. I interned for him and his show over the summer. Yeah. He uh, tweeted out, run, 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 go pick up the Chargers defense when it was announced that Peterman was going to start yeah. the game. And I saw it, picked him up, got me 22 points. Uh, no, I bet I bet all those players are just looking at their chops getting ready to play this oh, kid. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are two of the best pass rushers in the entire NFL. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was bad. It was it was it's hard to watch. You can't it's just terrible that they put him in that position. Head coach fucked up big time. Yeah, oh, I mean, for sure. Head coach and Tyrod was just sitting on the bench, kind of smirking the whole time. Like that's a tough spot to be in, though, man. To you know to have that inner battle of rooting, you know, yeah, rooting, rooting against that guy. Yeah, but it's your team. You want your team to win. I've been in a situation like that. It's not fun. It's 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 a terrible feeling because you want to root on your guys no matter what, but. At the same time, when, when you see the guy that replaced you go in there and fuck it up, it makes you feel there's a piece of you that feels good, and that's not that's <laughs> not what you want. That's not what no. you want. Um, so yeah, I got Kansas City winning that game pretty handily. Um, who knows what's going on with Buffalo? Hopefully, they can figure it out because they you're you're right. They're still in the wild card. Yeah, they're chase. done. They're not making the wild cards. I, I think I think that's a, that's a season breaker type of moment. I mean, yeah, it, it just I, I think I got to imagine there's some like questioning of authority by oh, the players. That, that now. makes 100 percent sense. That, that's got to be one of the biggest ways to lose a locker room mm-hmm. is make a decision like that and have it go so badly. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, though, next we got the Carolina Panthers coming in at seven and three to take on the New York Jets coming in at four and six. Uh, this game is in New York. Uh, the line for this is Carolina minus four and a half. Yeah, I got Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's going to win this game very easily. They look yeah, I, very good. I like the Jets this year, but Carolina's like the team that's been out of my top ten at, or at number ten like this yeah. entire year. I just can't tell. I mean, they could easily make the playoffs. They could easily miss the playoffs because of how good their division is. So. Yeah. Um, they're a good football team. I like the Jets, but the Jets aren't going to beat the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, if the, if the Saints weren't in their division, they'd be in in the playoff picture 100%. Um, next, we got the Chicago Bears coming in at 3-7 and seven to take on uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly, coming in at 9-1. and one. Line for this is Philly minus 13-and-a-half. Yeah, it's nice to see that Chicago got a couple wins this year. Yeah. There's no, uh, you know, they're not over, um, but they're not winning this one. Yeah, no, not a chance. Philly's going to keep it rolling. Who knows? Let's see how far they can take this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, though, about the Saints. They are event- – there's no way they're going to win out. The interesting thing about the Eagles is that they're, you know, they're somewhat – they're still inexperienced. We don't know what they're going to get out of them in the playoffs, so um, – even with like maybe a fourteen and two or thirteen and three record, you know, you stack them in the playoffs against a Drew Brees, a Russell Wilson, a Cam Newton. Yeah, they have a second year quarterback and the others have yeah, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, and same goes same goes with the Rams. We you know, we just don't know where these teams are at. It's 100%. gonna be the NFC playoff matchups could be very interesting this year because of that. I mean, I'm very excited for the Eagles Rams matchup coming up in a couple of weeks. 
Hopefully that gets flexed into the Sunday night I know. position. I want to go to that game so bad. That's going to be a great Oh, my game. goodness. Yeah, That's that'd be, be so sick. Um, next, we got the Seattle Seahawks coming in at 6-4, and four, traveling to San Francisco to take on the Niners, coming in at 1-9. and nine. Line for this is Seattle minus 6.5. The sentence for Seattle uh, this year should just be, this week we really need to have a big win. Because every, <laughs> every single week. week, you know, we need to have a big win, and we just keep stressing out these grinder games. So, I mean, I got Seattle beat in San Francisco, but we, yeah, pretty easily. We just we need to ha- we need a game to turn our season around for the better, and hopefully, it can be against a struggling 49er team. Hopefully, they can just tee off on the quarterbacks. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, next, we got the Saxonville Jaguars coming in at seven and three. Traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, coming in at four and six. Line for this is Jacksonville minus four and a half. This is going to be a good game. This was a hard. Th- this Two was, pretty good defenses going at it. Yeah, this was a hard game for me to pick because obviously I love Jacksonville, um, but I got a lot of respect for Arizona and their defense. Although it's banged up, um, I, I'm taking I'm taking the Cardinals, which I think is an upset with them at home over Jacksonville because um, I think Jacksonville is playing a little bit better than they actually are, which is why I has, I'm hesitant to put them higher on my top ten because uh, of that offense. So I could easily see Jacksonville coming into Arizona and smash them. But I got, That's I got what the, I think is going to happen. I think Jacksonville is going to come in there and just whoop on that I got, I got the Cardinals. Whoop on that offense. I got the Cardinals win this game, especially if, uh, if, if Arizona doesn't go down quick. I think Cardinals is going to be able to grind this win out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think that defense is just going to be too much – for uh, for that offensive line for Arizona, yeah, they got a second tier. They got a second string quarterback in, but I like Larry and Adrian and yeah, I mean, I like, what they, I like their defense. It's, you know, they still got players out there, so um, we'll see if Jacksonville can score some points. Yeah, that's that's if really, Jacksonville scores twenty, they'll probably win. Yeah. So next we got uh, the Denver Broncos coming in at three and seven. Traveling to Oakland to take on the Raiders, coming in at four and six. Line for this is Oakland minus five. This is it, this was to me terrible records, but I think this is game of the week because of where both teams are at in their season. Um, yeah, was, this game means whoever a lot. loses this game, they're going to have to start thinking what they need to change, and that's not what you want in a franchise, especially because Denver and Oakland are both teams that are really good. I mean, yeah. they're good football teams; they're just having an off year. Denver's defense is still grade A. Their offense is just turning it over so much, and for some reason Denver is not creating those turnovers like they normally do. Um, I think they have the largest uh, turnover differential in the uh, NFL. So, um, But ultimately, you know, I think Denver's going to come into Oakland and win this game. I got Oakland winning. I think they're going to snap. I think they're going to snap the streak. Um, I like Denver. The only, really, the only reason I think Oakland's going to win this game is because uh, Paxton Lynch is starting. They're both teams that I just—they're not where the, they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. They're both should be playoff teams, playoff caliber teams, and they're not. Um, so it's an interesting matchup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paxton Lynch, I'm excited to watch him play. Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm excited to see he's going to get a chance, but I just don't think it's going to end well. I mean, you can't have Bronco. You can't have a guy that you let. Let walk away, be your starting quarterback. You know, come back. And be yeah, I feel Brock Osweiler's had a Brock Osweiler has had a very weird career path. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of like uh, back when Kevin Cobb. 
kept like yeah. bouncing around, landed on the same team twice. I think it was just like. Well, he was on he was on Denver. Then he went to Houston. He's like ride, riding this little portion of time. He played good for years. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe Brock can get back in the game if Paxton Lynch doesn't do well. Um, then we got uh, what should have been a matchup of the heavyweights for the Sunday night game. We got the Packers coming in at 5-5, five and five, uh, traveling to the Steel City to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, coming in at 8-2. and two. Line for this is Pittsburgh minus 14. Pittsburgh obviously coming off that huge victory over the Titans on Thursday night football. Um, Pittsburgh's going to win. Yeah, and, Pittsburgh's going to win this game. Uh, hopefully Green Bay just stays afloat, stays competitive, yeah. so they don't lose – you know, confidence in their in their team because they have a good team. They're obviously just missing their guy. Um, but getting shut out is never acceptable. And No, I don't think this game will be a shutout. But Yeah, no, but, I mean, it's just you you got to get something out of Brett Hundley or you you got to start looking elsewhere and go into Callahan. Yeah. Which, you know, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, I don't think that's what Mike McCarthy wants to do. No, but they can't, you know, that that's why they're they're a, they're a weird team. They just have to stay afloat, you know, if they want any shot. I don't think Aaron's going to come back, but if he could, you know, That'd he's going nice. to want to play and they were going to want to be ready. So, yeah, um, Pittsburgh or Green Bay is in a weird spot uh, coming off a bad game by Hundley. So if, if Hundley keeps stringing these bad games together, they got to change it up. Yeah. And then to cap it off for week 11, Monday night game, we got the Houston Texans traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Texans are four and six. Ravens are five and five. Yeah, Ravens. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm down. I'm glad they're playing well. I'm... Yeah. Uh, the, the line for this game is Baltimore minus seven. That's about right. Yeah. yeah. I th- I'd say Baltimore. I think, I think Baltimore is going to win this game at home for sure. Yeah, I think Baltimore is going to win this game by like seven or ten yeah. points. Yeah, Houston just offers nothing uh, on offense outside of DeAndre Hopkins. So. Yeah, and then they also lost their running back, uh, Deontay Foreman. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. He's He was playing well. Yeah. So, I mean, the Houston Texans – were on pace to have a very good season. Yeah, they lost their best player in offense and defense. Yeah, and then just injuries kind of just derailed everything. But, yeah, so I got the Ravens winning that game. And that wraps it up for the picks of the week for week 11. Did you did you pick a winner for um, New England and Miami? Did we, did we go over that? Oh, I skipped them on my list. It's because it's the Patriots. I know you're not trying to talk about Tom. <laughs> I, and I caught you. I just realized that I skipped over that. Wow. Miami's traveling to New England. What do you think is going to happen? Well, the line is New England minus 16, and I think they might win by 40. Yeah, they might win by 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the Patriots playing the Dolphins. Dolphins are in – even though their record's halfway decent, they're they're no good. They're yeah. Good. I mean – Although, Matty Moore, I'm glad he got his redemption. Yeah, he, he was decent. real hyped. Played he was decent. real yeah, hyped. He played good. He had some stats for a second half. So, now, that wraps up Picks of the Week for Week yes, 11 sir. in the NFL. And now the segment I'm sure everybody's been waiting for. Oh, yeah. Uh, our Thanksgiving food bracket. This is great stuff. Um, I, thought, I literally thought of this earlier today just randomly. Hey, let's do an NCAA bracket for Thanksgiving food and talk about it on the podcast. And Tyler yeah. was like, yeah. Got the Elite Eight. Yeah, the Elite Eight. So, um... 
How, g- give us give us the rankings. You want to give, give us give us the seating. Okay. Give us the seating. All right. So for my bracket, uh, we got the number one versus the number eight. Number one turkey. Number eight cranberries. For the four five matchup, we got mashed potatoes at four, sweet potatoes at five. For the three six matchup, we got stuffing versus green beans. They can be either casserole. Or just regular green beans with some seasoning on it. Okay, yep, just yep. green beans. Green beans, yep. And then for the number two seven matchup, we got pumpkin pie and like dinner rolls slash cornbread. Yep, yep. Okay. Got the good stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's go let's go over the matchups. You got uh what what's what's your number eight? Or no, what's your what's your one versus number eight? Oh okay, so turkey turkey versus cranberries. Cranberries not my thing. No. Don't even touch them. No. I don't even put them near my plate. I I question my dad every year why he's making cranberries. And he says, you're the only one that doesn't eat them. I'm making them. So I got turkey moving on. I got an unofficial quote from Richard Sherman on the 1-8 matchup. And he says, Thanksgiving is the best dinner of the game. When you try turkey with a sorry dish like cranberries, that's the result you're going to get. Don't ever compare turkeys <laughs> and cranberries. <laughs> Turkeys all day. <laughs> Come at me with a weak ass dish like cranberries. Yeah. So okay. All right. So turkey turkey moves on. Turkey moves on. Now, in the in the four five matchup, we got mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes. It's the rivalry matchup. Yeah. Big time. This is this is Duke UNC. This is Ohio State Michigan. This is Lakers Celtics. Mashed potatoes versus sweet potatoes. Now, in my family. My great grandmother, who passed away about six months ago, she has her famous like sweet potato yams recipe. Yep. And it's like Is that marshmallows. I honestly have no idea because I don't eat sweet potatoes. Huh? There you go. So clearly, mashed potatoes is mashed moving potatoes on. Mashed potatoes all day. Yeah. Ma- I, yeah. I ma- got no, no surprises in the first two games. Yeah. So ma- mashed potatoes. I love it with the butter, the garlic, and then throw some gravy on it from the turkey. Perfect. Mashed potatoes is arguably one of the most universally loved foods. Ever. Oh, for sure. I, you could pr- you could pretty much eat mashed potatoes with about anything. Yep. Now for the three six matchup, it's a little bit interesting. This is this is a good matchup right here because it depends on if you're going just strictly green beans. Or if you're going green bean casserole. I'm going green bean casserole all day. Okay, so I'm going to go strictly green beans. All right. With some seasoning on it. Okay. Um, again, stuffing. Argu- again, stuffing. Ar- arguably, the, arguably the Pippin of the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, arguably the Pippin. Arguably the Pippin, all right. There's no, there's no really room for an upset here. You can't. I got green bean casseroles with the upset. I got to say here first, my first upset, the number six seed green bean casseroles over stuffing. I fucking love green bean casserole, man. Not a chance, bro. Oh, dude, with the, if you got bacon in it, oh, dude, it's so good. I got green bean casserole with the first upset of the tourney. No. Thanksgiving dinner. Move them on. I got stuffing right. going over green beans yeah, because – I see where you're coming so from. You get a bite of stuffing. Then you get a bite of turkey all in one bite. Pure happiness. Pure happiness. I guess the most important question of Thanksgiving, do you put gravy over your entire plate or do you do it on just certain items? 
Oh, no, it's over the entire plate. Okay. All right, we can still be friends. <laughs> now, a matchup of the carbs. I love this matchup. So do I. This is this is just makes me sleepy just looking at this matchup. <laughs> so we got the number two pumpkin pie mm-hmm. up against the number seven dinner rolls slash cornbread. Oh, You're going dinner rolls. I'm going cornbread. I'm going dinner rolls all day. So to me, pumpkin pie takes the cake. I got my second upset of the tourney. And I love that I just made a baking pun. With pie and cake. Hey, no, you didn't get And it. I didn't even realize it till just <laughs> now. Um, pumpkin pie is the winner. I'm just over the pumpkin stuff. I, I, and I fucking love dinner rolls. I mean, I, could, I probably eat like eight of them in, in my Thanksgiving dinner. So how can I go against the bread? You know, it's funny you say you're over the pumpkin stuff. Because I hate to do this. And I know my dad is going to listen to this. He bought some pumpkin pie Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Because he had to try them because he loves pumpkin. Yeah. I tried them. Not good. Trash. Yeah, no. It's, Trash. It's, it's a slippery slope when it comes to pumpkin-flavored things. There can only be so many good things. That's, you know, stick, yeah. to, stick to Starbucks. Yeah. So now, in the semifinals, we got the 1-4 matchup for me, turkey and mashed potatoes. I also have the 1-4 matchup with turkey and mashed potatoes. And then I have the... Two three matchup of stuffing as the three seed and pumpkin pie as the two seed. Now I got my my up uh, my Cinderellas for yeah. your VCU's your George Masons. I yeah. got number six green bean casserole versus number seven dinner rolls. Hey, you know what? Some good matchups in the final four. Now, so who, who's your first to advance to the championship? Oh, it has to be turkey. It's the turkey, t- I mean, the centerpiece yeah. of the dinner. I love mashed potatoes. It's too bad. I think the seating, the way the bracket yeah. worked out, mashed potatoes got the short of the stick. Yeah, ma- turkey's in the championship. It's no like doubt. that year Duke lost in the first round. Yeah. Uh, which has happened multiple times. We, I don't want to go over that. <laughs> deal, um, Shout out VCU and Lehigh. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, turkey, the mainstay of the dinner. Got it. Got to put them in the championship. Yeah. All right, so what's so what's the three what's the two three matchup you got going on? I got number two pumpkin pie versus number three stuffing. See, now this isn't my bracket, but I would I would go stuffing. What are you what are, what are you going with? Oh, I have to go pumpkin pie. Pumpkin riding the pumpkin pie all oh, the way to the chip. All the way to the chip. All right, okay. All so, the way to the chip. All right. Well, in my uh, in my six seven matchup, uh, I got to go with my green bean casserole, dude. I love it too much. You know what? That doesn't shock me. It, I got I got turkey and green bean casserole in my championship because, hey, that's the first thing I go for, especially when it's piping hot. It's just too good. Oh yeah, it's too good. So you got the main dish. And a side dish. Yep. And you got main dish versus dessert. You got you do you got quite the, you're you are that Duke UNC matchup. Yeah, right? you're that that the two big schools matching up. This is the battle of the blue bloods, yeah. as they say in college basketball. Mine's more of a uh, mine's more of a Duke Butler matchup. Yeah. So, who who do you have as? I gotta go. I gotta go. Turkey man. See, now, people might not call this an upset, but based on seedings, I'm going the upset. I'm riding pumpkin pie all the way. No, no, you can't. Pumpkin pie turkey all the way. Turkey has done so well on every Thanksgiving in my entire life. I got to stick with the champs, turkey. All right. 
But so first annual turkey, turkey is ever. great. I love turkey. My dad makes probably the best turkey, and but he also makes so that pumpkin pie. Though my dad makes a mean pumpkin pie. I'm gonna have to try this pumpkin pie. Beating turkey out in the in the first Thanksgiving bracket we've ever done. Yeah, uh, it's got to be worth it. Yeah, no, it's it's delicious. I'm gonna have to bring you a slice once the, after Thanksgiving, because pumpkin pie yep. is. Pumpkin pie to me is the definition of Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's hey, I gotta go with turkey. Gotta go. Gotta do it. So that wraps up the Thanksgiving food bracket. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it it was fun. It was fun. Brought brought a lot of light lighthearted fun into yeah, the show tonight. If you don't make green bean casserole, look it up and make it. Don't be, yeah. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, now we're gonna move on to the NBA. Yes, uh, we're about a month into the season. Starting to get good. Starting to settle a little bit. Yeah. Uh, think Things are starting to turn out the way we thought they were going to turn out. Yep. Um, so I think it was like two weeks ago we were sitting here discussing the Cavs and their early season struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like they've gotten it together now. Yeah. Uh, the team's won seven of their last nine games. In the last ten games, LeBron is averaging 38.6 minutes per game. 30.9 points, 7.6 rebounds, and 8.5 assists per game. He's crushing it. Yeah, I mean, at this point in his career, he's, aver- he's leading the league in minutes per game. Which I think is – and there was, a whole, there was a whole big thing about this, and Ty- Tyron Lue was talking about it. But I know of another, like, great – and I'm talking top two, top three NBA players of all time, in my opinion, the number one – Kobe Bryant, completely destroying his body that year with Dwight and Steve Nash, even though he got hurt in the beginning of the season, just to get them over the hump, to get them in the playoffs, and it cost him his Achilles, and realistically it cost him his career. It was the last couple of years of his career, yeah, definitely. Um, Now, LeBron, as, as we've seen, A, is a different player than Kobe, yeah, different body. Different body different and all of that. But LeBron's played over 1,000 games in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it, I, the mileage has to catch up soon. I think everybody wants it to catch up soon. I, I think, you know, we, we've grown up in this uh, era of basketball where you're either on LeBron's side or you're against him. And I've always been against him. And that's just how it is. So people, you know, people are going to people are gonna either root for it to keep going or or root for it to stop. Um, you're gonna. People are gonna tell themselves whatever they want. You can find any numbers to support yeah. it declining or or going up still. Yeah. Um, I just think he's the best player in the NBA. Playing the most minutes. That, that makes sense. And Cleveland was struggling, so they needed him to put be on the court. Um, right now, he's averaging twenty three point three points a game, which is the highest points per game he's averaged since the 09-2010 season, which was his last year in Cleveland. Yeah. So, you know, so he's scoring the rock more. He's shooting fifty-eight percent from the field, forty-one percent from three. He's playing super efficient. He's yeah. playing, you know, he's playing the most minutes. He's doing what he has to do to get Cleveland where they need to be. Now, to get yeah, ready I, for Isaiah. I, I want to clarify something I, I said earlier about me being against LeBron. It's, I I don't root for him. I'm not a fan of his. I've never really liked him, but. That doesn't mean I don't appreciate the, the greatness, greatness that yeah. he is. Yeah, 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 for sure. And because, in my opinion, LeBron James is the greatest athlete 
pure athlete of Ever. all time. At any sport. Yeah. yeah I think he's a better I, athlete than Bo Jackson, better athlete than Barry Sanders. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I could go all, I could go all night about that topic. But yeah. yeah. I think he's the greatest athlete to ever play sports. But I do think I can say – I think I can honestly say I'm one of those people who is I – don't, I don't want to say rooting for. But you're ready to see it over. But I, you're I'm ready, ready to move I'm on ready, from LeBron. I, yeah. I, it, I, I'm, I'm not ready to move on from LeBron, but I see that he's now in the twilight, and I'm focusing more on the younger generation of the NBA Yeah. It's just that his twilight is 28 points a game, shooting 50, right. you know. Exactly, because he's still killing it. Yeah, he's still dominating. I think he's, he's – I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. I think he plays – I think he sees his 20th season, definitely. Oh, I definitely think yeah. he plays it, 20 seasons in I the I guess NBA. the most the, – the biggest thing about LeBron to me is I hope that people, like you said, appreciate him, whether you're a fan of him or not. Right. Like – you, you should watch his games and, and hate him and root against him. That's fine. But right. just know that – you know, you're not going to see talent like him come every day. You know, right. Every every 10 or 20 years, you're not even going to see it. He's a once-in-a-generation player. Right. And I will be honest, though. It did take me a long time to finally really appreciate his greatness while I was rooting against him and not liking him and all of that stuff. But And people have gone up for, and down his entire career. Exactly. You know, he, how, pop, how popular was he his first couple of years in the league coming out of high school? Exactly. You know, every kid loved him. And then – and then people were rooting against him when he left to go to Miami and yeah, the way and then, he did it. That was a big that was a big turnoff for me. And then in 2012, he had arguably the greatest basketball season anyone's ever had, and that's even outside the NBA with a you know a gold gold medal. Yeah. Um, and and then you know now it's like oh is he going to leave Cleveland again? They're struggling. You know it's just constantly up and down. But his greatness is undeniable. Yeah, that we can't agree on. Um, another player that's really stepped up, though, for the Cavs over the last 10 games is Kevin Love. Uh, he's averaging 17.8 points and 9.7 rebounds over the last 10 games while shooting 48.8% from the field and 37.5% from three-point land. Dude can play. Yeah. He, he's kind of gotten that – unfortunately, he's gotten like that Pau Gasol – treatment where it's like he's the piece that needs the move yeah when it's like yo this dude's still like the second best player on the team you know you just feel like you can move him because the other guy's so special exactly but i can i can only putting his name on the trade block you know what i mean (laughs) like let's just let it let the keep his name out your mouth dan gilbert let let the dude ball out he keeps it professional and he keeps playing hard and he keeps yeah and he's a ucla bruin so i always got love love for kevin northwest kid too he's from oregon yep um, but I can only imagine what's going to happen once Isaiah Thomas returns. I think IT brings an edge to this team that some of these Cavs, Cavs players have never really experienced in their life. Like, has LeBron James ever been questioned on the basketball court? Did anybody ever question LeBron James' ability that he could never make it in the NBA? Like, the complete opposite has happened for, for LeBron James, but with Isaiah, he's been counted out his entire life. He feels unfulfilled after the way... Um, Last season ended when he was in Boston against the Wizards. And now he probably has his best chance to go to the finals with LeBron on his team. And I really think that once Isaiah Thomas comes back to the Cavs and is 100% healthy, um, people that are already crowning Boston as the champs in the East uh, will realize that the Cavs have a switch they can turn on and off. And when it's on, just get out of the way. It's It's still the Cleveland's division. 
Boston's playing great, and Boston yeah. can beat them this year. But it's still Cleveland's. It's still Cleveland's division. Um, Their conference. Yeah, it's their, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, it, Cleveland is the East. You know, yeah. you have to be Cleveland. Um, and Isaiah's gonna, Isaiah's gonna take them to the next level. Um, I think Isaiah's got one more. I mean, heroic performance up his sleeve. You know, he can't keep doing this forever. But he's got. I think Isaiah. You know, never count that dude out. He's still got some gas left in the tank, and this is what he does. He comes back from adversity. He fights back. He, yeah. He. He rises when no one else thinks – when no one thinks that it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like he said on Instagram or Twitter. He was busting your favorite point guard for 30 points a game last season. Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. He averaged 30 a game. It's it's not a lot of guys can do that. and um, Especially – And LeBron wants that killer. You know, yeah. He wants – and so, LeBron needs another killer on that team right now. Yeah, he's going to have Kyrie's role. So, it'll be uh, – I think, you know, ultimately – Isaiah's going to crush it when he get when he gets yeah. with Cleveland. Uh, they're going to play well. It's going to be you know Cleveland Boston in the Eastern Conference Championship. But I think that's how the script's always been written. Yeah, so do I. Um, so not a lot's changed there, other than the uh, other than the fact that you got to respect Boston right now. Yeah. Now speaking of Boston, uh, after starting zero and two, they've won sixteen in a row, which is absolutely incredible in my opinion. Can the Saints do it? Well. Can the Saints start 0-2 and go 16-0? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, however, Coach Brad Stevens ha- has an interesting take on the win streak. Uh, Coach Stevens says that the, the streak doesn't mean anything to him, and it's all about preparing for the next game ahead of them. Um, an exact quote from ESPN uh, after the win streak was at 14, uh, we haven't played well enough to consider this win streak to be valid, in my opinion, Steven said. Um, we figured out ways to win games. We got to play a lot better. This is this is interesting to me because, obviously, in my opinion, this is just coach talk to the media to make sure his players stay focused on the task at hand and don't get ahead of themselves. Now, I want to I want to talk about previous win streaks in the NBA in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the top four. The Rockets in 07-08 with Yao Ming and uh, T-Mac. Tracy. Yeah. They won 22 games straight. The Heat in 2012-2013 uh, with the Big Three. They won the title that year. Uh, they won 27 games in a row. Uh, now the Warriors in 2014-2015 and also the 2015-2016 season. <laughs> God damn. Um they had a streak of 28 games. So they won four games to end the regular season going into the playoffs where they won their first title. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then the start of their 73-9 and nine season, they started 24-0. and 0. Not bad. Yeah. So 28 games total for the Warriors over, over two seasons, basically. Yeah. And then, obviously, the top, uh, the record oh. in the NBA, the Lakers, 71-72, 33 games with players like Wilt the Chamberlain, logo. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Gail Goodrich, and Pat Riley. Hell yeah. So I want to ask you this, Tyler. Elgin Baylor, Seattle University. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you this, Tyler. When, when do winning streaks in the regular season really start to matter? You know, I guess, you know, chasing history is, is important if you get up there, but I think Brad Stevens did the right thing, and he said that, you know, you have to come approach every game like a new game. 
and not let winning streaks get to your head. Now, um, if Boston gets up to, you know, 22, you know, start flirting with it, and, you know, it's history can be made. Yeah. You never want to downplay history because it, it's, it's, exactly. you know, it's historic. People don't see it happen every time. So, you know, maybe if they get up into that, they can, they can acknowledge it. But I think Brad Stevens is a great coach, and he's playing it the right way by just saying, you know, every game we got to come in and beat this team. You know, yeah, hundred percent. We got to be one and zero today. Got to win the day. So, um, sixteen games is a great winning streak. Uh, they're all, obviously all the players are aware of it. Yeah, um, all but, the other teams are aware of it as well. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't think it, it it can change your preparation at all. You know, you can't add. Yeah, you can't let it. it. You can't let it like affect your your routine like yeah. if you got a pregame ritual and you can't and your let, mindset and, yeah you know you can't get too comfortable you can't get too get too tight um but obviously it starts affecting you once you get in you know once you get into this like 16 games i mean that all the players are aware both teams so yeah i think if it affects you but you 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 hope just not very much yeah i mean i think winning streaks don't like you said, don't really start to matter until history can be made. And, and like you said, you know, I'm sure this winning streak compared to, like, Golden State's is a lot different because Golden State was blowing people out by 30. I mean, they weren't right. even playing the fourth quarter. Right. Um, and like Brad Steven says, they weren't even playing great. In eight of this, uh, eight of these 16 games, they were down in the fourth quarter at one point. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. they haven't been playing the best basketball. Which They've is a good thing. I mean, exactly. He, They've just found ways to win. And Obviously, Brad Stevens is happy that it, their teams are grinding out wins. But, right. you know, I th- I at think, the same time, they're not crushing everybody. I think that stat of eight games being down in the fourth quarter and being able to find a way to win is the type of adversity this young Boston team, especially with – a new leader like Kyrie and missing yeah. Gordon Hayward yeah. is the type of adversity this team needs to face come April, May, and June yeah. when they play the Cavs in the playoffs. Yeah, you got you know Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are averaging over thirty minutes a game, both of them. Um, so and they're both under twenty-one years old. It's like yeah, Jalen Brown has taken a huge step from his rookie season last season. Yeah, he really did. And, he took a step I didn't think he was going to take. Yeah, same. And Jason Tatum's looked great. Yeah. No, they're 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 playing good, and uh, Kyrie, you know, is a new player. So Marquise Mar- uh, uh, Morris is a new player as well. And he's, yeah, he's really and he's had stepping a, right in. He, yeah, he and, started the season and, injured, but since he's come back, he's really had an effect on the floor. Yeah, he's a great player. So it's like you got Al Horford as your guy that's returning. You got Marcus Smart. It's that's, yeah, uh, you know, and obviously Jalen was there too. But Brad Stevens is just an amazing coach. Yeah, he he's really a, a wizard when it comes to the clipboard. I think I think it's you know it's all brand right now. It's all Brad Stevens and Kyrie Irving right now. They're just playing. Yeah, and Kyrie Stevens just dropped forty seven. Yeah, but, you know Brad Stevens is that good of a coach, and Kyrie is that good of a basketball player that they're they're winning games. But but they got to beat Cleveland at the end, or it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it, I saw I saw something. I don't I don't remember who it was, and I I really wish I did, but. It was this win streak uh, is showing the world that Kyrie is still who he was in Cleveland, and he can do it without LeBron. Yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie had a year like this in Cleveland when everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm sure. I'm sure LeBron James was like, "That's why." Okay. I, yeah, like I'm ready to come right, home. This kid's for this kid's for real. I mean, anytime you can average over 25 points a game, which he's done multiple times. That that starts people start to see that, and uh, not only does he not only does he score the basket, and he has those amazing ball handling abilities, he makes other people around him better. So yeah, definitely. 
Um, now I want to I want to get to a game. All right, let's do it. I have no I have no idea what's coming yeah. up. By the way, yeah, Tyler has no idea. So we'll see what happens here. Um, I have a feeling Tyler's going to do pretty well at this, but um, I have a list, Tyler, of the fo- the top five players leading the NBA in each of the five major statistical categories. Okay. And I'm going to list them for you in no particular order. I want to see if you can guess who the leader in the NBA in each category is. Okay, yeah, I think I can, I think I can get this. Okay. So let's start with points per game. So in no particular order, we got Kristaps Porzingis, James Harden, Giannis, LeBron James, and DeMarcus Cousins. Now, I know, I know LeBron's not. Um, and I know Giannis and Kristaps uh, have been – crushing it but just because Giannis hasn't had those free games I'm I'm definitely good I'm gonna go with the with the beard yeah I think the beard's probably I mean he's got to be over 30 points a game he's yeah been insane so the top five for points per game are number one James Harden at 31.6 yep Giannis Antetokounmpo at 29.7 damn so he's I mean that's honestly a little higher than I thought I thought he had taken a bigger dip than that yeah um, number three, LeBron at 28.3. Uh, number four, Chris Stapps, Porzingis at 27.6. And number five, DeMarcus Cousins at 26.6. Boogie. God. Yeah. it's awesome. So now, uh, so you got James Harden, right? So that's one point. All right, here we go. And now we're going to go to rebounds per game. Okay. So in no particular order, we got Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, DeMarcus Cousins, Clint Capella and Andre Drummond. This is weird because I mean I think three of those guys have led the league in rebounds at some point in time. Uh, I'm pretty sure all, I'm pretty sure four out of the five. Yeah, so this one this one's interesting. Um, God, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go with. I'm gonna go with Bam Bam. I'm gonna go with DeAndre leading the league in rebounds. Close. Damn. He's number two. Okay. Andre Drummond. Drummond. Damn Drummond. He's always doing that. Yeah, he's what, killing it. I think he's been some great rebounding numbers this year. So you said you think three. I'm I'm assuming you meant DeAndre, Demarcus, and Dwight. Yep. So I'm pretty sure Andre Drummond led the league in rebounding either last year or the year before. Yeah. I can't remember. It's either him or Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, God. Um, but okay, so number one, Andre Drummond at fifteen point three. DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Jordan at thirteen point seven. Boogie Cousins at twelve point nine. Dwight Coward. At twelve, at twelve point nine, and uh, Clint Capella at eleven point five. Oh, that's good numbers for Clint. That's what they need out of him. Yeah, he's just a high pick and roll guy. So, for him to get those kind of rebounding numbers, it's big time. So, I was gonna save this one for last, but I think this one might be the toughest one. So, I'm gonna do it in the middle. Steals per game. Uh, all right, let's hear the names. I can't wait to hear these names. <laughs> So, in no particular order, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, Chris Dunn, Paul George, Ben Simmons. Whew. Ben Simmons is on that list, huh? Yeah. Fuck. Ben Simmons might be might be my guess. I think I think it's got to be Ben. I think it's got to be Ben or Russell. Um, uh, I'm going. I'm going hustle Russell Westbrook as the league leader in steals. Well, you are wrong. Damn. Um, it is actually Paul George. Damn, dude. That's and I'm going to tell you right now, there is 20 yeah, that's wild. There is a like there's a 0.4 difference 
between number one and number five. Oh, okay. So all those guys are right there. What what are they at? What is it at? Paul George is at two point three. Oh, okay. So Chris Dunn at number two. Yeah, that's that's surprising. But two point one. He's a good basketball player. I'm glad that he's playing well for Chicago. Yeah. Even though they're trash. So he's at two point one. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is at two. I'm pissed Lonzo wasn't on this list. I thought <laughs> I thought Lonzo was gonna be on this list. That's why I was stoked. <laughs> uh number four was your pick, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell and Jimmy Butler actually tied at 1.9. Oh, okay. All right. I was off on that one. Paul George, that's surprising. That was – yeah. when I saw it too, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Now, assists per game, in no particular order, we got LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, James Harden, Ben Simmons. Russell. Russell, Russell. No questions. Wrong. What? Come on, you got to be fucking with me now. I'm not. This is Russell Westbrook we're this talking is straight, about? This is straight from NBA.com. All right, what do we got? Let's hear it. Number one, James Harden, 9.9. James Harden is leading the league in assists? Yes, 9.9. He's leading the league in assists and, and points per game. Yeah, so that's, that's, he's going to get that MVP award. He might. Giannis, you're, you're going you're gonna to lose your window. Number two, Russell Westbrook, 9.7. Oh, okay. You were off by point two. Damn. Uh, John Wall, 9.1. John Wall is honestly the one that I thought might be above Russell. Yeah. The dude's got dimes. Uh, number four, LeBron James at 8.5. Number five, Ben Simmons at 7.6. Ben Simmons. I, I, heard a, I heard a comparison for Ben and uh, Joel Embiid as, as, as possibly the next uh, Penny and Shaq. This, this day and age is Penny and Shaq. No. They're the same, same but different. Um, they were talking about <laughs> same, how, same but different. You know, they got the big, they got the big point guard, the big guy, but these guys play uh, outside a little but bit. Ben Simmons but, can't shoot, but neither could Penny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the Penny and Ben Simmons comparison, I think, is better than Shaq and Embiid. I don't think. Yeah, that, because Embiid has the outside game. Yeah, I mean, Embiid's dominant like Shaq was. Do- well. Embiid is dominant, and Shaq was dominant. I don't know. If Shaq, no, Shaq's the most dominant basketball yeah. player. Yeah, ever. Fiz- that's why. That's why I'm. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna give Embiid that quite yet. Not yet. But uh, way too early. But he is dominating, like like a Shaq, uh, just in a different. Place. Yes, I mean, hundred percent. I watched. The, you know, I watched the game against the Lakers, yeah, and he had forty-seven. Yeah, he's got the. You know, he's got the Euro step, the three, all that his stuff. Footwork, everybody knows his footwork is. Olajuwon yeah. esque. Yeah, I I don't think that I don't think he's Olajuwon either. But I don't think he's Olajuwon yet either. But his footwork is he's definitely a different he's definitely a different breed because I mean he has he's bigger than Olajuwon. I mean he's yeah. like four inches taller than Olajuwon was. Yeah, you know he's uh, his body is like a Shaq. His game, yeah, his, is, he's huge. His game, I mean, his game is honestly now this is this might be this might be some throwback names and this is this might be insulting, but it's not. I'm not saying he's the type of player these guys were, or I am saying he's the type of player these guys are not the same caliber. Okay, but is a Vlade Divac and Arvidas Sabonis. Okay, in the sense that he I has that. he has great footwork. He's massive. Those guys were massive. Yeah. He can dish the ball. He, you know, he sees passing lanes. He can play the high post. He can hit a jumper. He can extend it even further than those yeah, he, guys he, had. He can hit threes. And he's more. He, and the, and these were the kind of guys that were doing Euro steps. I mean, these, you know, yeah, the Euro, Europeans, European players. And these guys were good basketball players. Yeah. Um. So that's more of where I see see uh, Embiid. Um. But back to our you know original conversation. It, ben Simmons and Embiid, Penny and Shaq. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. 
Um, so right now you're one for four. Not doing great. Not doing great. Let's see if you can salvage Damn this. Damn you, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Let's see if you can salvage this and just end on a high note. With the blocks? Blocks. All right. So we got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Mark Gasol, Anthony Davis, and Chris Tapps Porzingis. Okay. We got – give me those one more time. Mark Gasol. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Chris Porzingis. So it's definitely got to be between Zinger and Ant Davis. I got I to gotta say it's between those two. Okay. Um, I'll tell I feel, you. I feel, like Ant, I feel like Ant Davis is it, but I'm, I, I, I'm going with Zinger because Zinger's had such a crazy good year. There's got to be some numbers I'm missing. I'm going with Zinger. You're ending on a high note. At a boy. Is. There it is. Chris Asporzingis leads the league in blocks yep. through about the first month of the season with 2.3 blocks per game. Yeah, he's a special player. Number two, Kevin Durant, 2.2 blocks per game. Number three. Wow, 2.2 blocks a game for Durant. KD that's... is – I think KD so far is having a better year than last year. That's just – that's scary. Um, number three, Anthony Davis at two blocks per game. Mm-hmm. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo and Marc Gasol are tied at 1.9 per game. Mark's still doing it. Yeah. Son of a bitch. When I saw Marc Gasol on there, I was like, that old man can jump still? And then, oh, God. That's gotta be, they got to be counting charges, too, or something. <laughs> so, you ended 2 of 5. Not great. I, I, I had higher hopes. Yeah. Hey, but I gave you an honest effort, though. I yeah, had, no, I had no idea. You had I, no idea. And, you know, those are major stats. I probably should know, but yeah, but some of them caught you off guard. Couple yeah, surprises. Yeah, yeah, point, yeah. No, the 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 uh, the steals one was definitely a surprise. The other ones are a little more understanding. Yeah, uh, but Paul George with the steals. That's a that's a sneaky. Did one. you see the the lob he threw to Jaron Grant? Yeah, so the, awesome. the bounce, off, off, bounce off the that ground. That whole play was amazing. Yeah, it was so dope. They're a great team. Um, but I guess that wraps up the tenth episode of the Sports Kingdom and the TSK show. Yep. Uh, for for my shout out this week, I got oh, a shout. We got a shout know, out before we end. Of course, it's a hometown kid, um, and this one hurts. This one hurts. But he's a hometown kid. I played against this kid in basketball and football growing up. Well, not growing up, but in high school. Uh, Desmond Trufant for the Atlanta Falcons got a big pick against my Seahawks in Seattle. I know that was that had to have been a special moment for him, just oh, yeah. with his uh, family there. His older brother was a great Seahawk, Marcus Trufant. Um, Wilson High graduate, stuck with Wilson his whole way. Um, honestly, never saw this kind of uh, this kind of production out of him. Uh, when I saw him in high school, didn't uh, didn't see this career trajectory. I didn't, but he's he's an amazing player. He's a great player, um, and it's it's cool to see um, a kid from Tacoma, yeah, make it to the big stage and do the thing on Monday Night Football. So yeah, yeah, gotta out. love it when hometown kids shout make out, it. Shout out the the Washington Husky Des Trufant. There you go. Um, before we end, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter. Be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash TSK show. And yeah, that wraps up this week of the TSK show. We'll be back next week. See you Happy later, guys. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.